What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of my podcast, Behind the Line. My name is Luke Wilson. I'm your host. I'm a student here at Grand Canyon University in Phoenix, Arizona, majoring in sports management. And today I'll be providing you with my list of the top 10 big men in the NBA, as well as providing you with some analysis on the current situation in the NBA regarding the play-in tournament and the playoffs beginning next week. So first, I want to jump right into things and finish this series of comparing my best players at respective positions in the NBA. In my previous episodes, if you've been listening up, I broke down my top 10 point guards, my top 10 shooting guards, and my top 10 forwards in the NBA. And the reason why I just did forwards and not small forward and power forward is because I really think that the forward position nowadays is positionless. You look at a lot of the power forwards, they're similar uh, to a lot of small forwards in their skill set and their capabilities, as well as small forwards, uh, they can play the power forward position as well if you need that. I mean, you look at some players like LeBron, uh, Ben Simmons even, uh, Kevin Durant, guys that, guys that can handle the ball with their size, uh, some bigger players in the NBA. I mean, you're seeing Giannis develop those fundamentals as well as Pascal Siakam. So just a lot of big guys in the NBA are starting to become very familiar with the three-point ball as well as taking shots off the dribble, uh, playing outside, not playing post. And so that's why I kind of just broke down the forward position as one category, not two. Uh, but today I want to talk about the top 10 centers in the NBA. And uh, the first two on this list are very easy. You know, you got the two MVP front runners, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of talented big men in the NBA. So with my first best big man in the NBA, who I personally think is the MVP favorite now is Nikola Jokic for the Denver Nuggets. Right now he's averaging 26.4 points a game, which is ranked 11th in the NBA, 10.9 rebounds per game, which is ranked 9th, and he's the 6th leader in assists at 8.4 assists per game. He's got the highest player efficiency rating in the NBA at 31.55. Nikola Jokic can shoot the 3 ball well. He can also score well in the paint. I mean, looking at his stats this season, he's putting up some pretty some pretty good numbers. I mean, top 15 in all the categories in the NBA. Uh, just regarding the points, rebounds, and assists. And he's shooting almost 40% from three and almost 57% from the field this year. So he's definitely been efficient. He's stepped up his defense a lot. Uh, just looking at his defensive statistics, he's averaging 1.3 steals per game right now. Triple-double threat on a nightly basis. He had a triple-double last night against Detroit. 20 points, 15 rebounds, 11 assists. You know, he's taking care of business for this Denver team, and he's propelled them into the playoffs without their second star in Jamal Murray. If you take a look at this Denver team since March 24th, they have won countless basketball games, been on multiple giant win streaks, and they've really only lost to a couple teams. They've lost to Golden State twice, Boston once, LA, Utah, and Brooklyn, which if you look at all those teams, all those teams are in the playoff race. All those teams are good teams, some better teams in the NBA. So you got to remember that Denver's playing most of these games without their second star. And now you have Nikola Jokic in absolute takeover mode uh, for this team, and he's he's driving the vehicle for them. I mean, they're winning games against good teams. They beat Memphis in double OT, Portland, uh, another game against Memphis, New Orleans, Clippers, the Knicks. You know, they're playing good teams, Hornets, Heat. So, I mean, they're playing good teams, and their best players playing at an MVP level. He's playing like he's the best player in the NBA, and they're starting to get the job done. So in my opinion, I don't see why Nikola Jokic shouldn't be MVP frontrunner. You know, all these years, it's normally who's the best player on the best team. 
Denver, since they've lost their second star, man, you look at that record over the last two months collectively, they've been one of the best teams in the NBA over the last two months. So I think the numbers show it, but also the eye test. If you watch Jokic play, I mean, he's a step up from Embiid in the fact that he's got the next step offensively where he can distribute the ball. Embiid doesn't have that, but he also has a playmaker in Ben Simmons, which Jokic obviously doesn't have that with Jamal Murray out. Uh, but Jokic is taking matters into his own hands and taking care of business. And so I believe that's why Nikola Jokic is the best center in the NBA. I think that when you watch him play, his court vision is just equal to most point guards in the NBA or more advanced than them. I mean, he's number six in assists as a, a big man. So he knows how to distribute the ball well, effectively, uh, doesn't turn it over a lot. But Nikola Jokic, man, he's definitely the MVP frontrunner in my book. And I think he's a generational talent at that at that big man position, and I'm anxious to watch him play in the playoffs this year and excited to see where he can go in his career. The next big man that I want to touch on today, Joel Embiid. By no surprise, I think he's top two big man in the NBA, top two player in the NBA this season. That's why he is where he is in the MVP race, standing at seven foot, 280 pounds. He's averaging 28.5 points per game, which is fourth in the NBA, 10.6 rebounds a game, which is 10th and 2.8 assists per game, which is 82nd. He's got the second highest player efficiency rating, showing that him and Jokic are the two most valuable players when they're on the court for their team so far this season. But Joel Embiid, I mean, injuries have normally been a problem for him, but this year he's been able to stay healthy. And that's been the narrative with him throughout his career, is if he's able to stay healthy, he'll be able to take his game to the next level. And that's what we've seen this year. He's definitely elevated a lot. He's so much more comfortable shooting outside and off the dribble. He's so good uh, shooting his one-foot sidestep fadeaways. I mean, if you watch him play, he he faces up to the basket, isolation with other big men in the mid-range, and he kind of shoots a fadeaway off one foot. He's very consistent with that. He he does a great job of creating space, drawing fouls. I mean, he bullies his way in the paint when he needs to, which is important, and especially playing in a big market like Philadelphia, he's super involved with the team and the franchise and the fans. Uh, he gets the crowd hyped all the time. He's very active on his social media accounts, which, I mean, he throws his shots, but he can back it up. He dishes out some talk, but he can back it up. And I think that's big when you look at a vocal leader is he's not scared of anything. He doesn't back down in the big moments. And that's something this year that's changed a lot with his game. Like I said, when you watch him play, he's so much more calm and composed. He can take big shots in the big moments. He can step up and play clutch in the clutch. And I think that Joel Embiid is a very valuable player in today's game. He's made the center position very valuable this year. I mean, you look at his numbers, uh, obviously not at throwing as many assists as Nikola Jokic, but he's shooting the three ball well at 38% and shooting efficient from the field at 51%. And this is on about 31 minutes a game. Now, if you look at this guy, you play about 20, uh, you play about 37, 38 minutes a game. I mean, those numbers are going to go up even more. He's almost scoring a point a minute he's in. So, I mean, his his workload is pretty light right now. For the numbers he's averaging, he's playing not a lot of minutes. And I think that's very impressive uh, when you look at his player efficiency rating. That's why it's so high. Is when he's on the court, he takes care of business. He makes every minute count, and that shows. I think he's one of the more valuable players in the NBA this season. And that's why I think he's the second best big man in the NBA. You look at what he's done with Philadelphia. I know the coaching's been a huge part of it. Doc Rivers, he's done a great job of embracing uh, his new role as a head coach, but he's also done a great job of showcasing his talent in Joel Embiid and letting him uh, go to work each and every game. So you look at Philadelphia, they're the best team in the Eastern Conference right now, and I think Joel Embiid's a huge part of that, and I think that's why he's the second best big man in the NBA this season. The third most valuable big man, 
in today's game is Rudy Gobert, standing at seven foot one, 258 pounds. He's averaging 14.3 points per game right now, and he's the second leading rebounder in the NBA at 13.5 rebounds per game. His player efficiency rating is ranked 14th in the NBA at 23.67, and his assists is pretty weak, where he only averages 1.3 assists per game, which is 150th in the NBA. But Rudy Gobert, he's very efficient around the basket. Uh, he can finish through contact well. I mean, he plays about 31 minutes a game and shoots about 67% from the field. He's not a very good free throw shooter, but he also almost averages three blocks a game. He's one of the best defensive players in the NBA, probably going to be the defensive player of the year. In my opinion, I don't think he should. I think Ben Simmons should, but he's had multiple uh, 20, 20 rebound games this season. So, you know, he can score the basketball and he can rebound the basketball. He's a force in the paint. I mean, he's not scared of contact. He will try to block anyone's shot. And I think that's what's so cool about him. Uh, just with the numbers that he's averaging in the blocks category. But I think Rudy Gobert definitely is a very valuable big man. I think a lot of people uh, underappreciate him and also uh, discredit him for what he does. But he just knows what his role is and he does a phenomenal job at doing it. And I think in the NBA, that's really important uh, when you look at someone like Rudy Gobert, just knowing his role because he plays on the best team in the NBA. So if he can get his job done, his team's going to get their job done. And I think that's important. Uh, but Rudy Gobert is definitely very valuable. If he can develop an outside shot, that'd be amazing. He'd be pretty hard to guard, uh, especially a handle. I mean, there's kind of a, a clip on the internet that went viral this week of him trying to dribble the ball up the court, and he had a backcourt violation. He tried to dribble it around his back, and it just did not look right at all. So, I mean, if he can develop that, I think that'd be pretty advanced for him, and he could turn into a Jokic or an Embiid, but he's pretty far from that right now. Jokic and Embiid are in their elite category their own category whereas Gobert is just a master at what he does uh just a general center position but uh that's why I have Rudy Gobert at the third most valuable big man in the NBA because out of the guys that play like centers I think that he does the best job of it and defensively he's he makes his presence felt night in and night out for the best team in the NBA the next most valuable big man I have in the NBA on my list is Bam Adebayo of the Miami Heat He's pretty small, actually. He's only 6'9", so he's a lot smaller uh, than these other big guys, but he's a freak athlete. He can get up. He can defend well. An elite shot blocker. He steps up in the big moments. This season so far, he's averaging 18.9 points per game, 9 rebounds a game, and 5.4 assists per game. He's had multiple triple-doubles throughout his career. He's shooting a lot better from the free throw line this year at 80%. As three-point shots getting better, but it's still not there, 25%. Uh, he's definitely needing to work on that still, but for his career, he's only 16%. So, you know, he's definitely starting to step that up, but his shooting percentages aren't bad, 57%. Uh, he gets a lot of shots around the basket, plays a good chunk of minutes, almost 34 minutes a game for this Miami team, which they're pretty elite right now, uh, battling for that fourth spot. They definitely made a good finals run last year. So it's a team with a lot of talent and he's a very valuable player to it. Uh, especially on the defensive end, Miami being one of the better defensive teams in the NBA. So when you look at this Miami squad, uh, obviously Bam Adebayo is a huge piece for this franchise. And so that's why I think that he's one of the more valuable centers in the NBA. You look at the success of this team, a huge piece of it is because of this guy right here. Uh, some things that I hope he can develop over the next couple of years, uh, maybe shooting that three-point ball a lot better. Uh, his passing is definitely getting there too. Uh, he's becoming an elite passer. Uh, if he can continue to get those numbers up, 
on his three-point percentages passing, it's going to be pretty scary for a lot of teams because once he starts getting his confidence in from outside and distributing the ball on the offensive end more, he's going to be pretty hard to contain on the offensive end. He's going to turn into someone like Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic uh, just with what he can do on the offensive end. So that's why I bam out of bio at number four on my list for most valuable centers in the NBA. And uh, I look forward to this kid's bright future. Uh, he's got a lot of talent surrounded by him, and he's in a great market of the Miami Heat. It'll be interesting to see where this team can go in the playoffs and who they end up matching up against. The next big man that I want to talk about today, Carl Anthony Towns. He's a great player, 6'11", 248 pounds for the Minnesota Timberwolves, and he puts up some pretty good numbers. This season, he averaged 24.8 points per game, 10.5 rebounds per game, and 4.5 assists with a player efficiency rating of 23 uh, he's very effective. The only problem is, can he stay healthy? This season, he's played 48 games so far, and injuries seem to be the problem for him, as well as his team's success. And so I think that's why he's normally taken out of the narrative of the best big man in the NBA, because he's not one of the most valuable. And when I'm breaking these players down by positions, I'm going by the most valuable as well, because you look at the four players that I've talked about so far, all four of their teams are in the race for an NBA championship. Carl Anthony Towns, his team is in the race for being the worst team in the NBA. So it's just kind of hard to put him in the same category as a lot of these other centers that are doing their jobs well and their teams being successful. Where you look at Carl Anthony Towns, is he's padding the stats, but his team's not successful. So looking at him, I mean, he's doing a great job on the defensive end as well. 1.2 blocks a game, almost a steal per game. And he's an efficient shooter. He's 40% from deep and 49% from the field but like I said his team's not getting the job done and so for me it's kind of hard to put them in a category of oh he's one of the better big men in the NBA if his team's not winning on a night-to-night -night basis and so that's why I have Carl Anthony Towns at the number five spot uh, for big men in the NBA but I mean he's doing great things on the offensive and defensive end he's a great player uh, he's definitely got a bright future ahead of him but hopefully he gets out of Minnesota or this Minnesota team can figure things out because I mean, it's kind of a lost cause with him there. You look at like Drummond in Detroit, you know, he's not really doing much there. I mean, he's a good player, but now he's with the Lakers. He's so much more of a factor for a good team in the NBA. And so I just think that getting Carl Anthony Towns out of Minnesota, maybe even getting him to New York, man, that would be scary. Uh, just something like that, where there's a lot of teams in the NBA that could use a player like him and a lot of good teams in the NBA that could use him. So hopefully he can get out of that situation he's in right now because I definitely could see him becoming more valuable if he's in a better market uh, with a better coaching system. The number six most valuable big man in the NBA this season, I got to go with Nikola Vucevic. I think that he's a great player. Uh, he's got a lot of worth, especially in his new market of Chicago paired with Zach Levine, who's also one of the more valuable guards in the NBA. I think that this tandem, this duo, they have a lot of potential. They got some pieces to work with right now. Uh, looking at Vucevic's stats, almost 24 points a game, almost 12 rebounds a game. He's the fifth leading leader in rebounds in the NBA. Uh, he can dish the ball as well. I mean, he's only averaging four assists per game, which has probably gone down uh, since he's been in Chicago just because of the players he's around. But he's had multiple triple-doubles before, you know. He's a, he's a good player. He's had a triple-double against Boston a week ago. So, I mean, he definitely distributes the ball well. Uh, it's just kind of inconsistent if he does that or not. And I guess that relies on his team hitting their shots or not. But one thing I want to see him be able to do is step out and shoot the three ball more. Uh, since he's landed with Chicago, he hasn't been super effective with it. 
but he's shooting about 41% from deep this season. Uh, he's just not taking a huge volume of shots from back there. And I think if he definitely steps that up, uh, he'll be a lot more successful. The Chicago team just needs to win games. Like I said, his relevance right now is low because their team's not very good. They're not in the playoffs, kind of like Carl Towns. And comparing to these other big guys that I've put in front of them uh, who are winning uh, with the stats they're putting up. And so I think Vucevic, he's kind of bounced around this year, so I'll give him some slack. Uh, but this next year, I want to see the Chicago team be in the playoffs. I don't think there's a reason why they shouldn't. If they don't make the playoffs, then they need to get rid of their coach because they have a lot of talent on this team. Two all-stars uh, paired with a lot of young picks. I don't see why they they shouldn't succeed. And so Vucevic, great player. Uh, he does a great job of uh, shooting shots off the dribble. He's good at shooting uh, open threes, and he's got good footwork in the low post, but Definitely in the Chicago market, it's a lot different for him than it was in Orlando. Uh, he's not the main guy, but I think that he could be a good duo with Zach Levine uh, if they're coached in the right direction. Looking at the seventh most valuable uh, center that I have in the NBA this season, uh, this one was kind of a toss-up, but I had to go with DeMontis Sabonis. And although their team hasn't been super successful this year, uh, they've definitely uh, not exceeded the expectations that they had. But he's been putting up some pretty scary numbers. In the first half of the season, they were a lot better. Obviously, they acquired uh, some pieces during the midseason. They got Karis LeVert. Uh, so he's definitely been taking a load off Sabonis. But Sabonis is averaging over 20 a game. Uh, he's the fourth leading leader in rebounds at 11.9 a game and almost seven assists per game, which is 13th. Uh, this team, though, they're just not getting the job done uh, in the win-loss column. And they're going to have to play in against Washington, it looks like, to uh, make the playoffs this season, but they definitely have something to compete for. I mean, Sabonis, I think if he shoots the three ball better, that'd be something that's big for him. He's only shooting 32% from back there, and his free throws are about 73%. But defensively, he's doing a great job, paired with Miles Turner, who's one of the best defensive players in the NBA. Uh, Sabonis has done a great job uh, just looking at the numbers that he's putting up per game. Uh, he's been doing some great things. I mean, he's I mean, put up a couple triple doubles, a couple near triple doubles, uh, multiple double-digit assist games. In the last, you know, 10 games, he's averaging 11.4 assists. So he's showing that he can distribute the ball. But once Brogdon gets back, those numbers kind of lower uh, quite a bit. Uh, he's definitely been a valuable piece for this Indiana team. He does a great job of using his off-shoulder to create space with his left-handed floaters. Uh, and his left-handed hook shot is pretty good. He does a good job of shooting mid-range uh, off the dribble as well. Uh, just maybe some more confidence from him. But I think as this team starts winning games, we'll start to see that for sure. But overall, he's been a great player for this team, and he'll continue to be a valuable piece as Indiana looks to make a run into the playoffs this season. The next most valuable big man I have for this season would be Christian Wood. 21 points a game, almost 10 rebounds a game, 1.7 assists per game. But like the argument was with these last guys, uh, it's just been a problem because this team's not winning games. They're the worst team in the NBA, 17 wins, 54 losses. So it's hard to recognize them. But the beginning of the season, Christian Wood was on another level. He was averaging close to 25 points a game and 12 rebounds. And this team, this was before they went on this huge losing streak. This team was good. So I've seen flashes of Christian Wood when he's good. Uh, I just think that his injuries kind of set him back this year as well. And the team's success by the time he was healed, uh, they were they were toast. You know, they went on a 25-game losing streak when he was out. So, I mean, they literally didn't win a game when he was hurt. And so it's kind of hard to have momentum as a as a player to continually get respected if your team's just bad. 
But I think a lot of people notice that their team was so bad because he was out. And that's why he's got to be on this category as one of the most valuable big men because this team is literally nothing without him. They barely lost with him playing, but they lose every game when he's not there. And so it just shows how much of a centerpiece he is. I think if you can shoot the three ball better, that'll be the next thing, about 37%. But if you can get that number over 40, I mean, that's that's pretty effective. And I mean, he's a bad free throw shooter, 63%, but his numbers have definitely increased a lot. You know, 12 points a game last season, six rebounds. Now you're looking at 21 and 10 a game. So, I mean, he's definitely been getting his fair share of respect, um, but also minutes as well. And he's definitely been playing a lot better. And I'm excited to see where this kid can go. He's got a bright future in front of him. And this Houston team, obviously they land a couple good draft picks. They could be pretty scary next year when you look at Christian Wood paired with some of the other talent they have on this team. The ninth most valuable big man on my list for this season is Clint Capella. 15.2 points a game, 14.3 rebounds a game. He's leading the league in rebounding. He's always been a dominant force in the paint. He's been a great shot blocker, averaging two blocks a game. He's a great defensive player. Uh, I think if he can, I mean, definitely step up his shooting from outside around the basket uh, he'll definitely be more effective you know not even attempting a three-pointer this season and 57 percent from the free throw line obviously a lot of the elite big men that I've been talking about can step out and shoot the three ball and so I think for Capella to be elevated into that category he's got to be able to do what those other guys can do and so that's what I want to see from him but this Atlanta team, they've definitely turned things around since they got Nate McMillan. He's been using Capella a lot better. Capella's been dominant on the boards, and this team is looking at clinching home court advantage for the playoffs. So that'd be pretty impressive for them because Atlanta, I mean, they haven't really been a solid team for a, a long time. And this year they have a lot of talent, and Clint Capella is a huge piece of that on the offensive and defensive end. Uh, one of the most dominant offensive rebounders in the NBA. And it shows with the numbers. I mean, he's averaging 14.3 rebounds a game this year. So he's definitely been very effective for this team, multiple 20-point rebounding games. And that's why he's leading the league in that category is because he's a master of what he does. And so Clint Capella definitely deserves to be on this list. And I'm excited to see where this Atlanta team can go in the playoffs this year. Lastly, the last... Uh, most valuable big man I have on my category is Andre Drummond. And it's been an interesting year for Andre Drummond. You know, he was with Cleveland after being with Detroit most of his career. And then all of a sudden, uh, getting moved to LA, who's one of the leading contenders in the finals, obviously because Anthony Davis and LeBron James. But Drummond, you know, he missed a good chunk of the season with being bought out from the Cavs as he just didn't play basketball. And so him getting back in the rhythm of things, especially in a new market like LA has been different. But his numbers went down a little bit, but he's still been effective. 15.1 points a game, just about 12 rebounds a game. Uh, but he's been doing good things in LA. He's definitely made them a force to be reckoned with. And I know when they have LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Drummond in, it's just impossible to rebound against this team because you have two of the better rebounders in the NBA and then a triple-double threat and one of the best players ever in LeBron James. Uh, it just makes Andre Drummond so much better being surrounded by players like LeBron and Anthony Davis. And so Andre Drummond is definitely a huge centerpiece of this Lakers team. Good defender, good shot blocker, averaging a good number this year and uh, block a game and 1.4 steals per game. Great defensive player. Uh, but if he can elevate his game offensively, that's what I'm going to be looking for from Andre Drummond uh, in the next couple years. But this Laker team, he's a huge uh, centerpiece of them as they make this deep playoff run, especially uh, if they have to play in. He's going to be huge in the size factor with their matchups uh, to get into the playoffs, whether that's with Memphis or Golden State. Uh, but Drummond, he's been a great player. He's got good footwork. I think 
Uh, he does a good job of finishing through contact, but sometimes he just kind of floats it up, and I think he can bully his way in there more. But, you know, when he's playing good good players, sometimes he tends to back down. But I think with Anthony Davis in there with him, he's definitely going to become a lot better, and we'll see that come playoff time when this uh, – team is going to be defended differently and Andre Drummond's also going to be defended differently. But that's what I have for you today regarding my best big man in the NBA. My top 10 big men, you know, there's a lot of big men in the NBA that contribute well, but these 10 right here specifically do a lot for their teams and need to be appreciated for what they do for each one of their franchises. So I just want to break down what my predictions are for the play-in games. Uh, in the West, I have 7-seed LA matching up with 8-seed Golden State, and then 9-seed Memphis matching up with 10-seed San Antonio. I have Memphis beating San Antonio and the Lakers beating Golden State, and then I have uh, Golden State beating Memphis and taking that 8-seed. But I think that it's going to be very interesting because obviously Steph, LeBron, that's going to be a great matchup. I mean, if Steph gets hot, I'll be honest, I could see Golden State taking the game. If Steph drops a 40 ball, I could see Golden State winning, and so... I think that, I mean, it, it's really anyone's game, especially in a one-game series. Uh, Memphis, they're a team you don't want to mess with either. They can shoot the ball well if they get hot. Um, but then looking at the Eastern Conference, what I see with them is Boston 7. Uh, I see Charlotte being the 8, and then Indiana 9 and Washington 10. I see Washington taking care of business against Indiana, and I see Charlotte upsetting Boston, and I see uh, Charlotte being the 7th seed, and then Boston losing to Washington and Washington being the eighth seed. I think Boston gets upsetted. I don't think they've been playing super consistent lately. And I think Charlotte could come out there in a one game series and get hot, just like I'm talking about Steph Curry and this Golden State team and take care of business. And so that's my predictions. And then that's going to set up the playoffs, but it's going to be an interesting week in the NBA. A lot of things going on as the play in and the playoffs begin. Uh, so I'm excited to bring you guys some content next week. I'll touch base on my playoff predictions and what I got going on with that. But as for today, that's all I have for you. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of my podcast. Feel free to leave a five-star review uh, on whatever site you're listening to. Leave some questions, leave some feedback. I look forward to answering them, and I look forward to bringing you guys more content in the next couple weeks.